On this episode of Axelorigato Talks, we are joined by a game changer of culture, rap, style, and everything in between. For anyone wondering, who's that girl? It's Eve. Ah, hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for being here. Please, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's a bit of a pinch me moment. Do you mind pinching me? I'll pinch you. Okay, Not too Oh, Not too hard. God for that. <laughs> Um, I have so many questions for you, Yeah. so much to get into across your music eras, across your impact, across all the different things I just mentioned, where you're creatively at today, yeah. but I want to give some context and kind of start from the beginning, if you don't mind. I feel like you've lived many lives. <laughs> yes. From <laughs> choir girl to rap battles, Yeah. from West Philly to LA to London, Yeah. to here today. To here today. So... Going back to sort of born and raised in West Philly, yeah, I feel like it's cooler to say Philly as well. I'm not going to say Philadelphia. Yeah, I say you say Philly. 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 Yeah. How did West Philly prepare you for the woman you are today? Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, it's funny because Philly is Philly women, Philly girls are known for being feisty. That was something people used to say to me all the time. Like when I would go up to New York, people would be like, you from Philly, aren't you? And I'm like, how do you know? Oh, you're so feisty. Philly girls are feisty. Um, meaning, you know, there, yeah, sometimes there was a chip there. Sometimes there was an attitude. Most times there was an attitude. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it is, that attitude is what helped me, you know, be able to succeed, especially in hip hop especially in that business. Um, I've always kind of been a tomboy as well. Mm -hmm. I'm a, the girliest tomboy, I guess. <laughs> that helps a lot. Um, One of my favorite things I read about you was you called yourself a pit bull in a skirt. Yes. Yes. That is in like one of my first songs I think I did for Rough Riders when I was signed to Rough Riders. Mm -hmm. Um, just the visual of a pitbull in a skirt. Pitbull in a skirt, But yes. channeling that energy. But that is, I really do feel like probably, not even probably, that is who I am, who I have been throughout my career. And I think that's, it's kind of what I've, the energy I had to take on, mm. um, especially coming up in hip hop with a bunch of guys. Definitely. Of course. Yeah. I mean, it's such a male dominated industry. Completely. And when you signed to Dr. Dre's Aftermath label. Yeah. Yeah. They put you out there for what? It, by the time it hit eight months, yeah. you would just burst into other people's recording sessions and be like, hello, yeah. I'm here to record. <laughs> Let me do something. So well, that my Philly name, energy came. My, the Philly energy, but also at that time, my name was Eve of Destruction. I was calling myself oh. Eve of Destruction after this movie that had come out. Um, I'm so happy I stopped calling myself that. <laughs> um, but that's how I felt. I'm like, you know, he signed me. I'm in LA. And I just thought I was 18, just turned 18. I'm like, mm -hmm. when you get signed to a record label, you're supposed to be recording. Um, little did I know, you know, they kind of, he didn't put me on the shelf at all. It was just, I think he was waiting for me to be ready, um, whatever that meant. But I didn't know. Well, that's the thing, because yeah. that, that definition of ready is in someone else's mind. Yeah, completely. But I do have to say, you know, I love Dre. I think he's incredible. He is the godfather. I always call him the godfather. But um, when I got signed, after he dropped me and I got signed to Rough Riders, it was, it was something that had to happen. I would not be who I am now had mm. I not been dropped. Um, it was literally the worst thing that ever <laughs> happened to me. Um, one of the worst things that ever happened to me. Um, in my life, but also one of the biggest lessons I've ever had in my life um, about being humble mm -hmm. um, and about 
kind of doing 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 the work and not in like an airy fairy way but literally doing the work um and figuring out who you want to be as an artist because I didn't know who I was or the sound that I wanted to kind of I didn't even know how to make a song right I didn't know how to make a when song. you arrived there I was a battle rapper yeah I wasn't a songwriter so even that so yeah how so talk to me about the the battle rapping yeah <laughs> <laughs> because you went from singing in a choir yeah and then you thought to yourself okay this is very this is giving group <laughs> I, <hate laughs> I want to be more yes <laughs> so you started to venture into rap battling because yeah. it was more sort of like taking it into your own hands so yeah. what was that like and was it eight mile or is that a very like oh my god that is so <laughs> but kind of is that like a Hollywood version or is it more like no gritty? you know what I have to say they did a good job with that movie to be honest um you know I don't know his exp I don't know Detroit I love the D though by the way Detroit is amazing love so the D. the D I do love the D <laughs> 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 so um, but Detroit is amazing where he's from um and it does kind of remind me of Philly. Okay. So in some ways I do think that they did get it right. You know, it's called the cipher, um, which is a circle that you get into with a, a bunch of people. A physical circle. A physical circle. And then uh, one person starts, next person starts. I mean, next person goes, next person goes. Next. And then you basically kind of take people out with okay. the way that you rap. And for me, um, I just loved it. Like, I love singing, but I loved hip-hop and I love rapping because it got me more attention yeah, that's what <laughs> basically I, that's what I read you were like yeah. how can I how I can I pursue something that has the most impact yeah and also I love doing something that made boys feel little like I don't know what it was I don't know why but I had this whole thing about okay I want to battle guys I don't want to be good I don't want to just be a girl rapper like I want mm. people to respect me lyrically um and so I, I battled a lot of guys all the time so you put in the craft I did. I definitely did. But it's funny because a lot of people who do ciphers um, kind of go off the top of their head. They freestyle. I'm not a good freestyler. I've never have been. Mm -hmm. So in those battles, I would just talk about dick size or the fact that they live with their mom or that they don't have a car or something. And it was always like- these things were true. But they were all true. Yeah. But because of their egos, they just couldn't understand like, why are you coming at me so personally? Well, it's just- Honest. So, <laughs> so, so that was your beginning. That was my beginning. And then signed to Rough Riders. Yes, signed to Rough Riders. What do you remember about that time? Everything. I actually got signed in a cipher. I got signed in a battle. Um, I basically was rapping for my life mm. in this studio in Yonkers. Um, literally, it was me, Dragon, and I believe Infrared in a cipher, and that's how I got signed. Um, and it was interesting because for me, when I first got signed to Aftermath, I was like, this is it. I've made it. I'm signed. And to be having to prove myself again, um, for me, it was like, there is nothing. I, I can't lose this. It was such a, even now when I talk about it, I, it was such a feeling of like, I will never get this chance again. Right. This is the chance. <clears throat> like I knew it. This is the opportunity. So you didn't take it for granted at all? No, at all. Not I a couldn't. Minute. I couldn't. There's no way I wasn't going back home. Like in my head, I was like, there's no way I'm going back to live at my mother's house and sleep on her couch. Like there's no way. No. But that kind of, that energy ties in with what you were doing there. It was like battling for your life. Battling for my life. Literally. That's how I felt. I honestly was like, I don't care how this happens. I don't care if we have to go 
for the whole night. I will rap the whole <laughs> night. Whatever needs to happen. I will happen. be here next day here still next day. going. No problem. Um, in terms of that era, yeah. you said you remember it well. When you started to produce your own solo music and sort of start to build the Eve blueprint, who you were as an artist, what you wanted to sound like, is that very far from where it is, would you say, today? Are there still some elements that are still there? or I think back then, you know, it's so funny. I really thought when I did my first album that I would, I was like, I only want to do one. I only want to do one record mm -hmm. just to make sure, just to prove to everybody I could do it. Um, you know, I didn't really realize how contracts <laughs> worked back then. But that first album for me, every album was different. It's really weird. My first album was different than my second, second, than the third. I think the only thing that I hold on to still for me that's important mm. is lyric lyrically that I, it, I, that my music is substantial. That is important to me. It always has been. Um, but the style different, the ear is different, my ear is different. But other than that, you know, for me, it's just important to be lyrically respected always. And also authentic. Cause something always which I authentic. really, really admire about you in all of the interviews I've seen you and all the songs that I've heard is you come from this place of authenticity. Yes, I try to. And so, as Thanks. you were saying, so Let There Be Eve was the first. Yeah. And then Scorpion. Yeah. My personal fave. Thank you. I used to have that with my Walkman and it would be, ah, I would rotate between that and Gwen's album and it was kind of, yes. they, they kind of like fell into each other. Well, I was obsessed with her. Clearly she's on the album. I, I mean, I was obsessed with No Doubt and her and like, yeah. yeah. Weirdly, being a hip hop kid, but my first albums that I ever had like I've always been into alternative music, like Nirvana and and Bob Marley were my first two ever CDs I've ever had. Wow. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they're poles apart. I know, I know. With I sp speaking of Gwen, yeah, I wanted to ask how that relationship, that sort of pairing, came about yeah. because from the outside you could think, yeah. okay, so it's you know maybe they're both on the same label and they're put yeah. together to sort of cross pollinate demographics. Yeah. Or was it completely different? No, it was my idea. I was just like. I know that she would be so good on this song. And I got, I mean, they fought me on it for so long. Really? Yeah. She was the only person I wanted they on. They just didn't on get it. They, were like, they didn't get it. They were like, this is not going to work. And I was like, well, if it doesn't work, then no one ever has to hear it. Like if yeah. it sucks, it sucks. Um, but I had to really fight for that. And it's funny because recently, I say recently, it was a few years ago, um, a guy that used to work with me at Interscope said to me, yeah, you remember when we talked about this and I said it was a good idea? I was like, no, I don't. He was saying he said it was a good idea. Yes, but of course, when anything's a oh. a hit or you know mm. works, and I was like, no, you didn't. You fought me on it, and they did. Everybody fought me on it, and thankfully it worked out. And thankfully Gwen was down to do it because, yeah, we had a good time. But I I didn't meet Gwen until that night we did the video. Like I probably met her a month and a half after we did the song. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Speaking of other people crawling out the woodwork. Uh oh. No, no, I'm not going to do I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm like, please welcome <laughs> all your enemies. There was an A&R or someone who got in touch with you years after yeah. you were in the industry and, and kind of, it was almost like an apology. Oh my God, yes. Remember? Yes, may so, he rest. He's not with us anymore. Oh. But um, he called me and said to me and apologized and said, you know, I, I wish we would have listened to some more of your ideas. And I, I just wanted to say that. And it helped me 
because I have PTSD from being in the industry and that is real. Mm. I had a lot of crazy shit happen. I had a lot, I had people steal my songs. I had people tell me I was crazy for thinking this and that. Um, artistically, when you trust people, I mean, that's not even just artistically in life, right? Sure. When you trust people um, that you think are with you and they tell you like, no, that's, I don't know, that's not going to work. I really did feel crazy for a while. I did. I actually felt like, oh, well, maybe I'm not, you know, this person that I thought. I, and when he called me and told me that, it actually healed something in me. I'm not right. going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. You needed to hear it. I needed to hear that. I really did. It, it's it's crazy. But it's happened twice. It's happened twice. One with an a and and one with a, somebody who, um, who directed a video of mine mm. um, because it was a shitty video that he did. And I had to get it fixed. And he said to me, you know, I always think about that. I really apologize. Like, so did you have to reshoot the whole thing? No, I actually, thank God, took all the raw footage and someone actually just fixed it and put some extra things into it. Um, but this guy charged me so much. Uh, and yeah, fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> my, um, I think my first introduction to you was Scorpion. Oh, yeah. As I said, long car journeys. I would have that album with my Walkman. My sister would be listening to something else, like probably a bit like grungy, and I'd be yeah. like listening to Scorpion. <laughs> the cover art is amazing. Yeah, thank you. It made me question everything. I, when I, I was like, do I want to be her or do I want to be with her? <laughs> I couldn't work it out. That was also, that was something that we used to think about. Now, that is a funny thing. I personally didn't, but, but that is, those are words that were said when we oh. would shoot and when I would get dressed my stylist would say things like that. Like, look, you want to be the girl that they want to fuck and the girl that they want to hang out with and the girl that they want to be. And like, yeah, yeah, that's so funny. It makes the gays question everything. I like it. Yeah, keep them on their toes. <laughs> um, so that was the first album. And obviously we spoke, talked about Gwen as well, but the one of the topics I want this podcast series yeah. to be about yeah. is this concept of the breakout. The different joys, the expectations, the misconceptions that go along with the perception of someone's breakout. Yeah. For me, anyway, it's my personal breakout for you, anyway. So, could you talk to me a little bit about how it feels to go through that almost blizzard cycle of being thrust into the world mm. where you saw value and where you thought, this shit is tough? <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start with that one? Okay, so, you know, when you're in it, you're just, it's a whirlwind. Mm. It's so, um, it's so busy and so crazy and you're so wired and tired and excited and stressed and sad and um, it's amazing, right? But no one can prepare you for it it at all. There are no handbooks. There are no, you know, and people that are above you, which I thought, I don't know what the hell I thought. I thought it was like a fucking country club. <laughs> like I would go up to people like other girl rappers and be like, hi, <laughs> I just got signed. Do you want to be on my album? Like I was such a nerd. Like straight up. But you meant nerd. well and they were like. Sorry. And they would be like, girl, like one person, I'm not going to say her name because we're friends now, like, but okay. she literally, and I was such a groupie, like, I would be like, hi, how are you, blah, 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 and she'd be like, all right, yeah, who are you? And I mean, treat me, so I was like, mean Ooh. girl, but 
I just had this preconceived notion that it was like a sisterhood. Yeah. And that people kind of pulled you up and they talked to you and all that. And that shit just does it just well, you'd hope happen. so. But I did that to other people because I hated that it wasn't done to me. So as I came up and became and got a name and all that, if other younger artists would want to talk to me or want me to hear their record or whatever, always take my number, call me, whatever, because it's fucking lonely. It's the you are the busiest. You are surrounded by the most people in your life. Not for everyone, because not everyone's journey is mm -hmm. like that. My journey was like this. I was one of I was lonely. There were days where I was so lonely, so sad, so stressed, and had no one to talk to about it. But you saw the therapeutic value of one artist helping another. I, I guess that's what it, it must have been. I didn't know that then, but I guess it was. It yeah. was maybe my way of like, you know, having someone also talk to about it as well. So yeah, I guess I, I guess that's what it was for. Um, but you know, at the same time, I wouldn't trade any of it. I wouldn't mm. trade, not even the worst days, not even the saddest days. I wouldn't trade any of it. It's all worth it. I'm grateful. Yeah. You are, I think, technically a Londoner now. Yeah. Does it feel like home? 100%. You've been here for nearly, is it nine, 10 years now? Yes. Which is crazy. But I love You love London. London. I love it. I'm a big, I think maybe it's a London foul, you'd call it. I think it's the best yeah. city in the world. It is an incredible city to live in. Yeah. The only other place I would live is New York. Yes. The only thing is. It's crazy. A friend of mine lived in New York for a long time as a makeup artist. Okay, and It was yeah. like the heyday of the 90s and that sort of supermodel oh. era. So, you know, at work, chic. Yeah. But she says one thing to me about New York, which always stays with me, is New York is the kind of place where if you're in a bad place or you're in a, you're going through something and you go outside in New York, everywhere you look, it will bring you down. You know what I mean? I totally 100% get that. It's that sort of place that uh -huh. kind of, it it's can called, eat you up. It's the golden handcuffs. Ooh. That's what people like, you call New York the golden handcuffs because it is, I have friends that are diehard that will not leave. I have a friend, my he's like my brother. Most of my friends have left since lockdown, but he lives in Soho in an amazing place. He watched you know, people break into places and was like, I'm still not leaving. He's like, I don't care. This is my neighborhood. Like, I'm from his Yorker. apartment. He could see from his apartment. He, because he lives right across the street from like Chanel and all that. Like, he lives in uh, okay. Soho. Well, if you're going to steal something, do it properly. True. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for him, though, he said it was one of the scariest things he ever, he was like, but he was like, I've, I'd feel like a traitor if I left New York. And I have some friends that just stick it out and they're, they're exhausted, <laughs> you know, they're exhausted. They wake up and, cause as soon as you step on the streets of New York, mm. it's on. Yeah. It's on. It's really overwhelming as well. It's so overwhelming. It's, I feel like I, I love New York. We were actually, I was just there before the holidays, two, three days now, maybe four at a stretch. Okay. And then I gotta so go. So sort of do your shit, yeah. have a day where you can enjoy it and then. Whew. You gotta go, yeah. So you feel like a Londoner? I do, I love it. Great. Well, that leads me really nicely onto my next segment, yeah. Eve. So, yeah. in honor of your lyrics and Let Me Blow Your Mind, okay. the lyrics, drop your glasses, shake your asses. <laughs> I'm going to read you some very typical London things. Okay. If it's a yay, it's a shake your ass. Okay. If it's a nay, oh, I like those. drop your glass. Okay, okay. Okay, first up, Sunday roasts. Oh, shake your ass. It's so good. It's so damn you good. You can't beat a Sunday roast. You cannot. My next question here yeah. is kind of an off one. Level of thickness with gravy. This is something that us UKers really debate Is this a about. thing? Yes, it's a thing. 
I want to hear you. Although I do have to say that it is funny. My husband is obsessed. Like okay. I'll be like, bro, we have enough gravy, and he'll be like, no, we need to make it. But what's the thickness like? It's it's a it's a medium. It's not thick thick because we don't like thin gravy. You can't do thin. That's gravy. the thing. That's like spit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, thin gravy is a no go. It's all about the medium. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next up, the tube. Well. <laughs> I'm buckling up for this answer. Okay. Well, listen, I think I haven't been on the tube. I ain't going to lie. I haven't been on the tube in a long time. The last time was like when the Olympics were here. Okay. So that was a long ass Did you just go on the tube for the shits and gigs because it was all happening or you just- Well, it was the quickest way to get there. But I do, I will say this, and this is how I know. Okay. I felt some type of way that when people were getting on the new, is it the new Victoria line? The Elizabeth line? The Elizabeth line. Oh, it's a a dream. Everybody was so excited. I'm like, I feel like I need to do this. Oh, you do? Just once. Have you yet? Not yet, but I it feel like is. this is how I know I really live here. Because I was like, I actually just need a trip. Yeah, you were like, maybe I should go check out that Lizzie line. Yeah, so shake your ass on that. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shake your ass on the tube. Shake your ass on the tube. Okay, typical UK shit weather. I mean, drop all the fucking glasses. <laughs> all of them and stomp on them and fucking... No, guys, I have to say... Yeah, no. Yeah, no. It's hard. It, it, I don't care how long I've been here. That part's hard. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. When it's gray and rainy. When it's beautiful like today, crisp, cold, sun, amazing. Yeah, there's nothing better. Yeah. But but no. it's all the grayness. <clears throat> I get you. Yeah. Okay. Other than your husband, who I know is English, right? Yes. Okay. Shake your, shake your ass or drop your glass. English men. Oh, shake your ass. Oh. Yeah, no. What? I wouldn't be here. That's how he <laughs> caught me with that, those, that, like, that accent. I was like, okay. Is it an accent? Um, yeah, no. Shake your ass for sure. Shake your ass for sure, yeah. Englishman. Yeah. Um, next one. Glastonbury. I mean, shake all the ass. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, no. That's I've like, never been, but it's on my list. It's on my list as well. I've never actually been. But I've only actually ever watched and hear about it from Billy. Shout out to Billy. Shout out to Billy. We love Billy. <laughs> Who I know loves it. So hopefully, maybe this year, hopefully. Yeah. Glastonbury is like diehard fans. I mean. I need to work up the courage because I can't do the camping. I know. Well, And this year, there's going to be some real, really big names this year. So. No, we actually talked about it. We might do a family trip because I have, I have, besides my new little boy, I have four beautiful bonus kids. You do. And they are all are like big kids. So they'd love it. So we're actually thinking well, we might do it. Okay. We might do a family trip. How's the new little bubba? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. It is truly incredible. A blessing? Seriously, beyond. We waited for him for a long time. We tried for a very long time. Um... So I feel it's an honor and a privilege to be his mother. It's incredible. Mm. Yeah. Has he developed a personality yet? He is really, what you guys like to say, cheeky. Oh, yeah. He's cheeky very chappy. Very cheeky chappy. Oh. Very, very. He's, um, he is testing me already. When I say no, he smiles and does it slower. Oh. <laughs> so you can take it all in. Yeah, exactly. But it's great. I love Good. it. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. So you, you wear many hats, I it do. seems. And you have over the years as well. So. Yeah. I mean, you've you've done TV, you've done film, yeah. you've done producing, yeah. music. When you have a creative itch in a different area yeah. of, the, if, of the industry, when do you know when it's time to scratch it? Or does something slowly build and you're like, do you know what? I've been thinking about producing something for a while. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those things where it's like a slow build. Um, 
it's a conversation. It starts off with little conversations. Like I'm very much the type of person I do things in my head. Mm. I live in my head, but then I'll start to say it out loud. When I start saying it out loud is when it starts to to happen. Um yeah, it's it's that's a funny process. Um like I feel it now. I'm in that space now. I'm in a very um creative space and probably obviously just cuz I had a baby maybe mm. and you know, I'm just a lot more open than I ever have been in my life. But it's a completely new sensation as well. Oh, it's crazy. So it changes everything. Changes everything. I'm so emotional, which I think I've always been emotional. I just drank through it back in the day. <laughs> so, you know, now I don't drink as much. Um, so now all my emotions are just just there. And it's nice. It's actually a nice thing. Good. Yeah. We spoke earlier about sort of that emotional hangover from the early days that you had and all the PTSD and all the sort of revelations and people coming back into your life and saying do you know what I I see what I did and you weren't going crazy yeah where are you at today in terms of sitting here two decades in the industry you've done so many things where do you find yourself arriving to emotionally you say you're quite sensitive at the moment but yeah but you know what it's I am accepting how nice it is to be vulnerable um also also just allow myself to just be myself mm-hmm. without question and when you said earlier as well about authenticity to be authentic but not be apologetic about it like oh i'm sorry oh i'm sorry oh, i'm sorry like i just i just want to show up as the person that i am in this space um it's funny because being emotional after having kids and i have me and my husband have talked about this because he'll be like, what is going on? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I don't fucking know. Like, like trust I don't know, but me, it's happening to it's me. It's happening to me. And I had to say to him because I, you know, I've, I've been talking to my therapist about this, but I had to say this to him. Like, you know, there's some new shit going on and I'm sorry. Like, I don't really know how yet to phrase it for mm. you. Um, but I know this is, is what I have to allow myself to go through right now. And, but in, in that, where I would have hit, I would have hidden this part of myself. Mm. I would have hidden, you know, I don't know. I I, I just never was comfortable with emotion right. ever. Yeah, ever ever. I grew up in a very a family where we didn't say I love you or I hate you. It was just very like you know what's so happening. Was it silent it's treatment? very si- very silent. Cold shoulders. Yeah, lots They're of cold the worst. shoulders. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a new space, but I I, I like it. I'm you also got some good advice from your mum. You said the best advice you've ever been given yeah. is that self-preservation is, is the, the first, first rule. Yes, oh, it's true. No, I love that. It's yeah. it's it's true. And but it took me a long time to to do it. And now I'm there. And it's nice. Good. It's, nice. it's a good space to be in. Yeah. Right, I've got some quick fire questions. Let's do it. My favorite. I love a game. I love a game. When I'm at a party, I'm always the first one. Like, who's got Scrabble? <gasps> I love Scrabble. Yeah, me too. Have you ever played Cluedo? That's very English. No. You know what Cluedo is? I've heard of it, but I've never Where played it. Where it's like, uh, is that the... Miss Scarlet in the dining room with the dagger. Oh, I love that. Okay, like, it's called Clue. Like, da- the mystery. Yeah, Clue. Yeah, we have Clue. Clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Person from history you'd like to take to lunch. Ooh. Oh, this is hard. Okay. Because it's, it's like... It's like three people. We, well, you can make can it they all come? for four. Yeah, you can okay. make it for four. So Bob Marley, Maya Angelou, and Tupac. Oh, I love Maya Angelou. I mean. She's my favorite. Literally. When I'm, I tried uni, but it all went wrong. So I got a one-way flight to Thailand, right? Yeah. This story's going somewhere. Don't no, you? I love it. So I went to Thailand, like yeah. flew to Bangkok and did all that, you know. And then I thought to myself, let's really throw caution to the wind and get a yeah. tattoo. 
Because everyone else at the... Yeah, so yeah. So I went and got a tattoo and it was about an hour and a half and I lived to regret it, but the only thing that got me through yeah. was watching Maya Angelou's commencement speech at Spellman. Have you seen that video? Have I seen? I don't think I have. Oh the only I, well, I'm going to look it up today. It's incredible. No way. I, I live look it up by today. Her. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, place you're dying to travel to. Oh, that's a good question. I have to say, we, my husband and I, that's kind of like our thing. We have traveled a lot. Mm. Um, place I'm dying to travel to. Where's on the list where you're like, if you see it on, on social media, you're like, yeah. God, I want to go there. I don't know. That's a good question. I'd probably actually, is a place I want to go back to. Mm -hmm. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Um, we did Vietnam on our honeymoon. I'd like to go back there. That's an interesting choice for a honeymoon. I know. And yeah, it was very interesting. That's why I want to go back. <laughs> you want to do it again? Well, we need a do-over. Okay. Um, so when I think of Vietnam, I think of like a million It was incredible. It was. Yeah. But they lost all of our luggage. And, yeah. I, and it was for New Year's Eve. And I had nothing to wear. And do you want to ever feel really fat? Go lose your luggage in Vietnam. And like a giant. They had no shoes that would fit me. I'm dead serious. Um, they, the one pair of shoes they had was in the back, like way in the back. Like every time I told them my shoe size, they were like, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. They were like, we have flip-flops. We have flip-flops. But it was, it turned out to be one of the best trips ever. But we just need a, I just would like to do it again. Because I, I don't yeah, think we explored do as over. much. Yeah. Okay, last yeah. one. Who was the first person that told you you could sing and you believed them? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Honestly, probably my mother. Mm -hmm. And because my mom is not one of those moms that's like, that's my baby. No, <laughs> my mother would be like, girl, uh-uh, we need to figure something else right, out. Right. Like, so yeah, I would say when I saw my mother probably genuinely, genuinely like, whoa, I'm impressed. Where was that? Um, probably a talent show or a talent show. You used to do talent shows, didn't you? Oh my God, did I do? I did all the talent shows. Did you? I did every talent show you could think of. Um, but yeah, probably my mom, honestly. That's a great one. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me Thank today. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute me. pleasure. Insane. Thank Thanks for coming you. on the show. Thank you. <laughs>